heck, what do you think? What do you think Bigfoot does on a weekend when he feels a little lonely? Okay, Girl. we don't know. <laughs> everyone and welcome back to another episode of Romancing the Monsters. I'm M. Hi, I'm S. Hi, I'm Seth. And this week we read Untouchable by Cressley Cole. Uh, Murdoch's book, book like seven in the series. We're making our way, yep. we're making our way uh, through the whole thing. <laughs> Slowly but surely. I was counting last night before I went to bed and I think we only have about, if we're counting the novellas, we have about nine left. We're almost halfway done. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations to us. <laughs> I thought we had a little less than nine, actually. Well, I mean, I also counted, um, is it Crispian? Oh, shit. I don't know. The Caspian? Yeah, like the side series? The, the MM book. I counted that as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. Um, Seth, tell us what this book is about. Well, um, so we get the last Roth brother book. No! Um, and that is <laughs> Why are they not like <laughs> for <them>? March? <laughs> That's like, no more vampires! But don't worry, we still have vampires. So this book was really interesting in terms of like the time it took place. So it's supposed to be a novella, um, but we all felt that it was a full length book. But it's book. not a novella though. <laughs> it's full length. Yeah, I know. So but it was I, supposed I, to be like... We were under the impression that it was, but it is oh, not. Oh, okay. So it's not supposed to be a novella? <laughs> it's not. I don't know. No, because okay. it's but it's I, book seven. It's not book six point five or whatever. It's a it's book seven in the but, series. But okay. I did see online okay. that it is considered a novella. What? Well, I mean, two hundred plus pages to me in my book is a no, is not a novella. It's not. Yeah. It's a long ass book. All right. I mean, I know <clears throat> it's not technically long, but it feels long. This one felt long. <laughs> yeah, this one felt. I felt its length. Yeah. Anyways, okay, let me give you the synopsis. Okay, so basically, this book starts off during the events of The Warlord Wants Forever, which is Nikolai's book, Nikolai and Mist. Um, So this starts off when Nikolai comes to New Orleans, and we all know what happens there. You know what the... Five years the spunk of a and the raging grass. hard boner is what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Murdoch is just there to, you know, help his brother because, we you know, he's a raging mess. Um, and then he sees Daniela, um, as she's being attacked by these ice fae, and he literally goes, saves her life, but in the process, like, really, like, he got attacked as well. Um, but we find out that Danny is being attacked by these ice fae because, um, she's a half-breed of sorts, and, um, she's supposed to be the rightful queen of the ice kingdom. Um, but the king right now, who had killed her mother, who was the queen, um, wants to destroy the last heir, which is obviously Danny. Um, so all these assassins always come to try and find her and kill her. Um, but in this case, um, she got saved by Murdoch, who he finds out Danny is his bride. But what is the uh, the curious thing there, guys? What what can't they do? They can't touch each other. <laughs> can't hit the title. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, a title that makes sense in this series. Untouchable. Oh my gosh. Yes. Short, sweet, to the point, makes sense. We love it. We love to see it. Um, okay. So, as we just said, Danny can't be touched at all, like physical touch, because her skin is so cold. Um, any human touch, not human, but any touch basically is too hot for her skin. Um, but anyway, she gets attacked and she, like, gets shot with all these poisonous arrows and our boy Murdoch was like, oh my gosh, I need to save my bride. Um, so he obviously takes her to his secret, I don't know, apartment or whatever. And um, yeah, they. Uh, she decides to break his seal because she sees that he's in so much pain. And this girl <laughs> decides, you know what, let me give my hand like third degree burn. 
and like give him a hand job and that's literally what she did yeah <laughs> that was interesting that was pretty like i was like girl and i, I, I mean um, excuse me did he not um put an ice cube in her <laughs> okay it wasn't an ice cube it, it was, was an, an icicle, icicle. yeah <laughs> Jeez. i was both like horrified and like intrigued <laughs> i was intrigued i was like uh, how did they find like the perfect um but it's an icicle Ouch. icicle it, it, it's no, that, that but, shit like, ain't made the for the body it, Marge. what the way they described it made it seem like it was an ice dildo um i mean all right i mean if that if, if that's, if that's what, what, what know, it takes for you to sleep off. at night fine but in my head it was yeah. a sharp <laughs> af yeah. icicle and i was Maybe a little horrified the other end you know the other end where it wasn't as sharp I don't know why I'm going have, you, this. have you ever seen an icicle, Seth? <laughs> yeah, when that you break shit it off, sharp. the other end isn't sharp. That, yeah, that, it would it's be sharp. Like, it it's would be sharp, thicker. too. It's just not pointy, but it's sharp. Ice- probably, like, okay, not people, on it a bit people, and then stuck icicles, it in. Icicles pe- actually kill people every year, I just have to say. Especially here in Canada, people die by icicle. But not the other end. <laughs> well... I mean, I'm just saying, all right? It's ice. And she's cold, so it's not going to melt. So... In my head, because she called it a phallus-shaped icicle, I'm literally picturing an ice dildo. End of story. I just want to know, where the heck did he find that? <laughs> they didn't even mention he just that he so happens to find a dick-shaped icicle. He just broke like it off of something, no? Like a plant or something, <laughs> something right? <laughs> I think I remember something. He broke it off of something. We should we should keep track of like the weird things sex used in the series, or yeah. or like the weird sex toys. Because there was the lipstick, which is not technically weird, but it was like oh, weirdly yeah. um, hidden. And then you have the ice the icicle. So I'm just curious to see if there's anything else going forward, or like interesting sexual situations, yeah. like things that happen. Like not of the norm, I would say. Listen, I don't know what people in in some places in the world do. do. True, it might not be normal for us, but true. Anywho, I mean, I'm thinking of one situation, and I'm like, mm, I don't think that's normal anywhere, but we'll see. Heck, what do you think? What do you think Bigfoot does on a weekend when he feels a little lonely? Okay, Girl. we don't know. <laughs> Anyways, what? Did we think of this book? I didn't even finish anywhere oh, I'm yet. Sorry, <laughs> I thought I, I thought it ended with the icicle dildo. <laughs> I you were you're the one no I brought up the icicle more. after I talked about the third degree burns or second degree whatever the heck degree burn she got from giving him a hand job. I'm sorry, <laughs> I got sidetracked. <laughs> um, so basically the whole the whole I guess conflict in the story was like. His panic of like giving up, you know, his bachelorhood and like being settled, like settling down with one woman that he never chose. Um, he saw his father go through it and like the pain of losing that person. And then he just says, nah, I don't want it. So he keeps pushing Danny away. Um, and that's in, like a continuing theme as the story progresses. Like, I feel like, yeah, it was for like the whole book basically. And, um, during that time, we see Danny developing new skills. Um, because she decides to settle in Siberia in one of Murdoch's other cabins because he has numerous, I guess, homes to go to. Um, but she feels most comfortable in the cold, so she chooses Siberia. Um, that's where the ice dildo happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most precise. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, she does, she's literally like... I mean, she's just chilling there. Elsa. She's just ready to... You know, live out her days in that ga- cabin by herself. Right. I know, but I I think she's literally like Ice Elsa. Ice Elsa. Oh, yeah. Elsa is Ice. Oh, yeah. Adult Elsa. Yeah. Yeah. That came to she, mind too. Yeah, she's giving me like let her go feel. Yeah. Does she have white hair? I can't remember. Yeah, she did. So she's literally Elsa before Elsa was a thing. Yeah. No, wait. When was this written? Conceal, don't feel. <laughs> don't let them know. <laughs> Well, now they know. Okay, we're actually going to just start singing. <laughs> okay, what do you think of this book? Go, guys, because remember, I always go last. Okay, um, this book confuses me a little bit because I don't... Okay, so I, 
I wasn't bored reading it, but I also, it's the first book we read in the series that I, that made me go, why did this have to be here in the series? It felt to me like it belonged as a 0.5 book that yeah. didn't really bring anything new to, to the series. I feel like each book so far has sort of added a little something to the world that you go, oh, okay, I see why this needed yeah. to be here and then. But then it's book seven placed in a weird spot that mostly goes back into the past and then adds very little to the story. Like, I, I really tried to figure out, like, what does this do? And I couldn't figure it out. So it's just, it confuses me. I don't understand why it needed to be where it is. I'm not saying it, like, it shouldn't be or it shouldn't exist, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like it should have been the, like, novella and my boy Nikolai should have been book one, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What do you think, Gus? The same. I felt like I was very confused because it went back to how March said to Nikolai and Mrs. Book. Um... And for some reason, I kept, I don't know why, I kept getting Mist and Katarin confused. Like, their really? stories. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And they mentioned the talisman. Is it the talisman high? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that, that confused high. me, too, where I was trying to figure out who was in it and who was not. I don't know. It was Katarin it was and, very... and, and Mariketta. Se- Mariketta, right. And then Sebastian, right? For some yeah. reason, I don't know why this just confused me. I wish, like how March said, I wish it was, I don't know, placed in a different spot in the series. Well, yeah. it also, we should say that it starts during Nikolai's book, but it does span until um, Conrad's, Conrad's book. Conrad's but again, I still didn't really understand why it needed to be there. I feel like it would have fit better had it happened right after Conrad's book mm-hmm. like right between oh, yeah. Conrad and uh, Cade Cade, <laughs> like right there like <laughs> nestled between the two as a little 0.5 treat you know um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I don't know do you, do you think maybe she wasn't planning on giving him a book? No I think she always planned to give him a story. I don't know if whether it was supposed to be a full length book or whether it was supposed to be a novella but I don't know. I felt like I think for her story what she was trying to show was like you know we've seen mating bonds that were easy. They happened in like what three days or whatever whereas this one it was a struggle like an inner struggle not just like in the relationship itself but like they all both of them had hang-ups that caused them to not fully be together um for I don't even know how many years that was was it not even not even years maybe months I don't know how long those books took for me like I I liked it but as like both of you said like nothing much happened um and I felt like it was just it just put the story at a standstill that being said it was still a fun read like I still enjoyed reading it but I don't know I just feel like as you said nothing really happened nothing meant anything well I don't think yeah and even if by the end of the book Daniela had claimed her throne I would have been like oh okay so this is what it needed to achieve she's she now has the power over this section of the world and so this will help in the war or whatever but by the end she gives up on that and gives it to someone else and so I'm like why like what are we trying to achieve here because even by the end she hasn't done that so what what is this bringing to the war is kind of my question you know yeah I think in this one I think it's more not just I don't think it was developing relations during like the war like creating alliances and things like that I think this one was more about like the inner struggle and like what you go through to achieve your absolute bliss like I just think for this one, it wasn't more about, like, the external situations. Um, because at the end of the day, they still have, an, like, an alliance, in other words, with the Ice Fae. Jadian is still going to be there, you know, when the accession happens. He's going to be there with the army. Um, and she's fixed that bond between her people and herself through that and through what happened in the story. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I Like, like I said. Nothing really happened <laughs> in this book besides the inner growth of the characters. Yeah. What did you think of the characters? Because none of us have said anything about them, really. I didn't really care for them. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I'll say I really like Daniela. Okay. I think Murdoch is my least favorite. Really? Yeah, I like Daniela as well. Mm-hmm. But Murdoch, mm-mm. I would say that neither of them is like my least favorite, but they're not in my top five. Like, they, yeah. Like, they were both kind of just there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they both had like things that I could relate to. They're not unlikable they're they're likable characters it's just there was nothing about them that stood out to me the way that the past characters of Cressley Cole have especially because she's mm-hmm. really good at creating well I mean maybe S will disagree but she's really good at creating characters that I find um um are all distinct from each other they're not the same yeah. person copy and pasted in each of the books and so but this is the first couple that I was like if that made any sense (laughs) no it does it does and I think for me Danny was very much closed off from like her world because she obviously didn't fit in in either side so like her I understood and like her desire to be loved that desire to like feel affection like obviously everyone would relate to if you like you know you're searching for that um, but Murdoch, I just could not. I just could not get behind. I just felt like, yes, at the end of the day, he did love her. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like, sure, actions speak louder than words. But it just took a while for him to get there. And, like, his words were really cutting. Like, he was not nice. <laughs> he wasn't. I, I felt like um, he was a bit of a fuckboy. Messing with her emotions. But yeah. he wasn't very forthcoming either, you know? Like, he had no idea of feelings because she wasn't saying it because she was just expecting him to somehow figure figure it out and it's like well I mean how is he supposed to know that you've cared for him all this time when you are not saying anything and you're kind of acting like you don't want him there (laughs) you know like uh that's not true I mean she sent him away she was like oh yeah fine go like I'll be fine here by myself for the rest of eternity well that was after he came back with like the scent of three different women Oh, and then Girl. she kissed, so she's like go do whatever kissed, you want like you really don't want that me guy. no 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 well i mean <laughs> like no, murdoch's being a little shit i'm no, like damn right she will kiss some man she can actually kiss boy he was a fuck boy who assumed like he was he he he, he accepted that he was a fuck boy but he also struggled with the notion that everyone was also thinking of him as a fuck boy <laughs> But, like, if you don't think of yourself as anything else, then everyone else is going to think well, of you I as mean, a fuckboy. I mean, you can boy. understand that, like, that must be frustrating when that's the only thing that people associate with you. Kind of like Daniela, and that's the they remember like, of him. the only thing that people think of when they think of me is I'm cold and I'm a virgin. That's it. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. That, I mean, she could have not been a virgin had she had sex with a nice ear, but, you know, it was a choice. Um, yeah. But, yeah. like, I can see how they were both struggling with the fact that what like their actions and what the the choices that they've made for their life in the past like s- affected how everyone else sees them and they're like but I'm yeah. actually more than this yeah but they struggled showing that to each other yeah they did and i think it's like at least for Danny i could see her like she's always been that person that had to close herself off from everyone because she couldn't really afford to get close to her sisters because you know if they touched her she would get hurt and also I think she obviously she always wanted to find that affection that like caring relationship and she thought maybe with Murdoch she could have that but then automatically he just becomes that person that just rejects the you know his bride and that's obviously unheard of and now she thinks that it's something that's wrong with her and obviously you know he can't touch her it's frustrating um, I don't know, but I will say I did like that Danny was like the first heroine that did not shun her mate. Like she was the first Valkyrie that was like, "Ooh, give me this vampire!" Like she yeah. was the only one that was receptive to the bride. Yes, but bond. at the same time, she forced Murdoch to keep their relationship quiet for a long time. True. She but- was like, "I'll have you, but you actually can't tell anyone about us." Like that's kind of shitty. I'm not gonna lie. Because she was waiting <laughs> for the other shoe to drop. You know, she was waiting for him to be like, okay, I can't do this, but I'm going back to my womanizing ways because he hasn't shown her anything different. He hadn't told her anything different at that point. That That's how I took it. That's why she didn't. And I think she even reflected on it later on, and she's like, that was wrong of me. 
But at the same time, like, you know, as I said, actions usually speak louder than words. And at that point in time when she made that decision to, you know, for him not to tell anyone, it was just she wasn't sure about his personality and like his feelings towards her. Hmm. So we talk about perspectives a lot and you kind of hinted at that in what you just said about how she felt like she didn't fit in with the Valkyries and it's kind of like the same as it was with Holly like I I think it's really interesting how you know in many of the books where it's Valkyries it's like oh I fit in with my group so much like I love my family they're my sisters we're so close Mm -hmm. but then she has like Holly and now Daniela in the mix where it's like well maybe not everyone fits into this group and especially Daniela like it was very apparent that she felt left out and like she didn't belong and I thought that was really interesting to see because it gives you a a different perspective of of the Valkyrie and and that house and like how it feels to be one of them or or not one of them but among them yeah no I agree and I feel like it's even when she talked about how she spends most of her time in her room because it's literally an ice yeah ice box she literally created a freezer for her room yeah um and like no one else obviously can go in there it's literally it's a barrier it's a prison she created for herself, but it's also her sanctuary. Um, and yeah, and I felt like, as you said, perspectives are important. And and in this book, you don't really see any any Valkyrie trying to break through that prison and like try to form a bond with her. Besides, yeah. like Nyx obviously is always the meddling, and yeah. like she's always the person that like meddles in everyone's lives. Um, but even then, she she didn't have a Valkyrie best friend. Yeah, because in every uh- I I think in every other book you have at least once a Valkyrie that shows up and is the heroine's friend or they're really close together and Daniela didn't have that at any point or at least from memory maybe she talked to one person at one point I mean she did talk to Mist eventually but even then like I didn't feel like they felt like friends to me no so I don't think so either no I didn't feel that either and I feel like even by the end of the book Oh, yeah. She didn't really make friends. I mean, she would be friends, obviously, with Mist, maybe um, Naomi, Katarine, maybe. But no, I I, like at the end of the day, all she had really was Murdoch. But surprisingly, by like at the end of the day, she also wasn't friends with her own people. She didn't connect with them either. Like, that's kind of interesting. Like, it it feels kind of open ended to me because I'm like, well where are her people because Murdoch can't be all of it like I'm sorry yeah love is fine but you need like a group of friends you need different types of love yeah for sure um okay so for me it's kind of like this is touching upon like my monster discussion so I just want to like talk about it now so like for me what I thought Daniela's monster was was the idea of fitting in like she wanted to you know be with her people like obviously forsaking Murdoch and like Emma she was the only Valkyrie and half of something else so she wanted to find that sense of belonging and like obviously the people that she belonged to didn't really necessarily see her as just Valkyrie or like just Ice Ice Fae um so she didn't really have a belonging like a place that she belonged to and I feel like I like that Krusty Cole kind of included this because I feel like it also resembles like mixed individuals in our world like they don't really have a sense of belonging in any you know, side of their race. Like, I just feel like it's really interesting that we see it, but in this case, it's, like, interspecies. So, yeah, that's what I thought it was. And, like, her struggle of finding her place and not wanting to forsake one side for the other side, but Mm -hmm. also wanting to be fully accepted by both sides. And, like, realistically, that's not going to happen. And, like, in this case, it made her lonely, like, really lonely. You don't think um, that could have eventually happened if she would have stayed queen? In her... Um, no, because she is Valkyrie at the end of the day. She acts like a Valkyrie. She thinks like a Valkyrie. So she wasn't necessarily an Ice Fae. And if she went back to the Valkyries, she wasn't really a Valkyrie there either. She can't touch them. She can't bond with them. She can't watch a movie with them on the couch because she'll, you know, Hmm. what is it? She'll overheat. And then she just physically can't be with the Valkyries. And she mentally can't be with the Ice Fae. She just reads her erotica all day. (laughs) We'd love to see it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can we 
can I just mention the one important information in this book? There was yeah. only one tidbit of information that was important, and it's the fact, okay. ladies and gentlemen, Mist is eating. Yes! Oh, yes! <laughs> My babies are going to have babies. Yes, she's so eating. Funny. I was like, you bet your ass I zoomed in on that information. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> my girl is I eating. I knew you would have. So who and who's expecting or trying to get pregnant? It's, Mist, it's Holly. It's Miss. Uh, I feel someone like there's else. someone else. Yeah. Holly, Miss. Was Sabine? Oh, no, right. Sabine wasn't pregnant, but she was driving. But she's not pregnant by the end of the book. <laughs> so that's it. Babies in the future. Yeah. Honey, exciting. <laughs> Generation two coming. <laughs> I want, I want, I want to see them have kids. I don't know why I stuttered over that so hard. <laughs> I just really you want sure? it. Okay, guys. Are yeah. you sure, though? <laughs> uh, I'm just, like, trying to imagine all these, like, intense males with babies. And, like, even our intense female warriors with babies. It's just going to be an interesting thing. I'm sorry. Nikolai is going to be the best father out of all of them. He actually was a father, so to yeah. his brothers and sisters. So he's the only one out of the bunch that I can actually see as a dad. Like Kate as a dad see. is going to struggle. <laughs> it will be fun. I can see but... Sebastian also kind of being a good dad. Okay, Sebastian is a because softy. in this book they did mention he was like a father to the sisters. Oh my god. Which I thought was really interesting. Sebastian is a dad. He would be so into like cuddle time yeah because he never and like story time oh but katarine as a mom forget it she would literally be (laughs) she would she would put them outside lock the door and be like be back in four hours bye yeah (laughs) i want to see katarine as a mom and i also want to see sabine as like a mom it would be so interesting but i think for her she needs to wet her feet first with being an aunt yeah. Can I just say, oh no, wait, let's first talk about this. What did you guys think about the ending? Like, as it was a close off with all the Roth brothers and like their future plans. How did you feel about that? About bringing back the sisters? I'm ready to see it. Do they really bring them back? Like, can we, will we see them? I don't know. That is the fakest I don't know I've ever heard, girl. It's not. <laughs> I literally do not know or I don't remember if they ever did. Swear on Lothair's life. I do not know. Fine. I mean, y'all know what I think of bringing back people from the past. Like, I I didn't like the concept of the key to begin with. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of it now, but I did feel like you can see this is closing this era of the series, I guess, in the sense that they've all found closure and love and they're Mm -hmm. all ready to move forward with their lives. And I think we're ready to move beyond that which is weird because the next book is gareth which is like what <laughs> we're going back to that era that book was so random but then it made sense like now thinking back on it it makes sense for it to happen there because of the events that happened in the other half of the books yeah i'm sure it does it's just weird how he's mentioned so much in the very very first book that you expect him to be the next book and then he's not yeah. and then you forget about him completely. Like I had forgotten yeah. he existed in this series and then you get to book eight and you're like, oh, you again? <laughs> like who, who is he again? Remind who is me. Him? Yeah. And and who's his, his mate? Katia? Is that her name? Lu- Lucia. Lu- okay. Well, see? <laughs> I didn't even remember her. So he's a werewolf though, right? Garrett is um, Lacklane's cousin. He's okay. a like it, yeah. The cousin. Okay. No, he's his She's brother. Like, yes. He's the prince. Oh, never mind. Bowen is the cousin. Bowen is the cousin, yes. Ugh, Bowen. Okay. So you gotta like a coming. Yes. Anyways, the whole point I was talking about oh. the family thing was yeah. Conrad. My baby Conrad is still going through a lot. No, I did like that. I liked how realistic that was, that he's still sort of going through it. Yeah. My heart was breaking, but like I love that she didn't show that it was, like, a cookie-cutter happy ending for him. Like, you know, he's still struggling, and, like, he'll always struggle because of, like, how many people he's killed. Mm -hmm. But, like, I love that Naomi was there supporting him, and I'm just, like, I love this man. I think Conrad was such a great character, hence why he's my number one. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yes. what did you guys think of Jodian? He was okay. I mean, like, he was just a regular warrior man. Like, Oh, I, I was actually intrigued. Me too. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, why wouldn't I be? Like, he's, they're described, the, the, what are they called? The ice, icy, ice, ice. Iceier? Ice, the Iceier men are described as Vikings. Uh, yeah, why the heck wouldn't, why, wouldn't I want that? <laughs> and I thought it was curious that he has, like, um, a fire demon female locked in the dungeon. Yes. yes. And I also thought it was very interesting that he doesn't want the crown that he was just given. I was like, yes. Makes me intrigued. He doesn't get a book is what I'm getting from your facial expression, but... For me, okay. If Cressy Cole was to give us a story with him and that fiery yeah. demon-ness person, yeah. yes, I would want it. But other than that, I don't really care about him. him imagine how it wouldn't work. She's fire. He's and ice. He's ice. Girl. Fire and ice. I'm here for it. They don't mix. Yeah. Okay, I'd be here for that. But they do. <laughs> they don't, yeah. but they do. I'd be down for that. I'm, yeah. yeah, I would be too. I hope Krusty Cole decides to um, do something there. I'm actually now I'm curious and now I'm kind of sad that it hasn't been done yet. Feels to me like it was a setup. But then again, whatever, like everything she writes to me feels like a setup. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, can we talk about the fact that Murdoch was ready to freeze for her? That was so good. Like how, because it was the complete opposite of what all the vampires have done beforehand like how they were ready to burn for their for like their mate but it's the oh, opposite yeah. where he was ready to freeze for her like making his way to whatever kingdom she he was going towards um i thought that was really romantic i was into it it was romantic and i feel like that was his one action that like really cemented like his love for her and like his desire to be with her and like I don't know I, I loved that I thought that was a really good indication like I don't know before that I was just like I was waiting for that to happen I was waiting for like a great like something to make me believe that he loved her as much as he claimed to love her because like I don't know I just felt like he kept doing things that were like going against that idea and then this was the one time he was like finally like I'm going to do it. Like, I want to be with her. I have to do this. So, yeah. And if I anything, this would have been a worse sentence than burning. Because for vampires, he could have burned and died. Yeah. In this case, he wouldn't have died. He would have just kept on freezing and then dying and then coming back and freezing again. And, come like, on and on and on for eternity. Like, to me, that's even more of a selfless act of love because it wouldn't just be the end it'd be it'd be eternity yeah what did you guys think about the reveal about like how they could finally touch well okay first how did you feel about the fact that they couldn't touch because i think that that could be very annoying for some people like that trope it was you thought it was annoying um it was annoying in the sense where like I just, like, I wanted them to touch. I needed it because, like, I felt like because they kept doing so many things, like, mm. sexually, obviously without touching, like, you, like, I wanted it. But I also, at the same time, I felt like it was important for them in this book because he was a womanizer and because he was forced to get to know a woman. Like, he was forced to learn about her and learn about what the relationship could be like, like, minus the intimacy, like, minus the touching. Um, so I thought that was, obviously it was, like, on purpose, because if they'd, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what, 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 what would have happened if they touched earlier on in the story, or they were able to, but it made sense, but at the same time, I just needed them to touch, because, like, they were horny. Do you think he would have given up touch for her, truly? I think it would have taken him a long time. A long time to accept. I mean, it's understandable, though. Like, imagine that's the case for some people. Like, intimacy is just not a thing in certain some couples, and that must be yeah. really hard if one of them is not ready to make that sacrifice. You know, like, I think mm. there's a point in the book where he truly would have been okay with it or okay yeah. with waiting, especially when you know she tells him like, "Oh, we could have just slept for fifty years and come back and." And at first, he's like, hold on. Like, that's 50 years of my life that just mm -hmm. are gone. 
And I get that. Like, that must be scary. Like, I didn't blame him for that. Like, someone would say that to me. I would be like, um, hold on a minute. <laughs> Do I yeah. really want to sleep for 50 years? But then he, but then eventually he was like, I would have done that for you, actually. Yeah. So I do think he would have been okay with giving up intimacy, but he had to, he had to realize that for himself. He was, he, like, it wasn't something that he realized right away, which I think was interesting because the other vampires, it was like, actually, I'm ready to give up my entire life for you right then and there, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas with him, it was a, a process of, like, actually realizing, like, yeah, I would. You just wasn't there yet. Yeah, and I, I agree. But I also feel like a lot of their growth... I don't know, maybe it was just because I read it basically all in one sitting mm -hmm. that it felt like their growth happened off page. Like in the sense where like they spent so much time apart that like as a couple, we barely saw it in some cases. Like I just feel like weeks would go by and like, you know, he would finally return and then like another week would go by and then he comes back and they like dry hump each other and then like they talk and then he mm -hmm. goes away and then he comes back. I just felt like it kept happening that like, we missed, at least I did, I missed certain things that would happen. And I'm like, oh, okay, how did you get here? Um, but I don't know. I just felt like what was really important was when he finally, you know, obviously we find out that um, once he drank her blood, um, they were able to touch because it her blood cooled down his own. And, you know, that allowed them for t like to touch. But I felt like a lot of his growth, his personal growth, stemmed from her memories and like him being able to see um her side of things because he only he was a very selfish individual like there's no way there's no way to get around that he was a selfish man and like he just thought about himself and but then him drinking her blood i'll be the devil's advocate later no that's fine it's fine um and then he just wasn't willing to see like her side of things and i think vice versa as well like i don't think she was willing to see his side of things too um but for him it's like he got smacked in the face with it when he drank her blood and started seeing her memories. He saw her struggle. He saw that, as you said, that he was only thinking about his side of things. He was only thinking about him giving up 50 years of his life, but also that she was willing to give up 50 years of her life. Um, so I think that scene was really important. And that was like his turning point, like his driving force to actually see that maybe this is worth fighting for. Because like not worth fighting for, but like it's something that he's willing to give up. He's willing to give up this touch. But I also think, like, Daniela kept wanting these grand gestures from him, which I thought was not necessarily fair. He's going through something, too, and yet she was, like, waiting for him to somehow realize what, she's, what she wants without her saying it because she's read all these novels where this is what happens, and it's like, well, girl, like, he's actually a guy. Like, he's a real guy, human flesh, like... Well, not technically human flesh, but like you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> like I I thought that she was she was kind of asking a lot of him. That's my take. But I it. think it also goes back to like what she knew of him in the past. And I know like your past is in your future. You're not who you are. Like for him, it was literally 300 years ago. He's not who he was 300 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's like that idea that he's a womanizer. He's gonna get bored of me. Like he's going to get bored of me. And because we can't touch, what's the point of even trying? I think. I don't know. For her, I feel like every woman wants a grand gesture. And, like, she wasn't getting it. She kept getting, you know, for lack of a better word, like, the cold shoulder um, in certain situations. But it's like, okay, it's like when it's like when a guy asks you, like, oh, are you okay? And you say, yeah, but you're not. Like, it's yeah. the same thing. It's like, how the heck is he supposed to know you're not fine when you say you're fine? Like, it was the same thing with... It, like hoping for a grand gesture without like giving any signs that you're actually really interested in him like that was how it felt to me um plus like you keep saying like oh he's such a womanizer and sure but he had reasons and i think this is part of his his monster he explained how the death of, of his mom affected mm -hmm. his father so much and he saw what happened to his father and how it destroyed him and he's scared of that. He's He saw yeah. what love can do to someone, especially when that love goes away or someone dies. And it's like, mm -hmm. you're left alone. And I think his reason was understandable because he saw what happens and he's scared of it. And now he's doing everything he can to n never have that happen to him. And for him, it's it means just going through people like they're not people, you know? 
I just think there's a reason behind it. Like, it's not just he's a womanizer because he doesn't care about people. I think it's because actually he knows he knows that he would care about people if he let himself. And that's scary to him. Yeah, but he also did mention, um, like, the first time him and Danny had met and the first time they, you know, he took her back to his apartment or whatever, New Orleans, um, or Louisiana, Louisiana is in New Orleans, never mind. Um, when he took her back there, he was saying that him talking to her was the longest conversation he's ever had with a woman in his whole life. And, like, that's pretty telling of, like, obviously, like, I know it's his background, um, but it's pretty, pretty telling on how, like, he regarded women. Like, they were just, in his mind, there for, like, sexual pleasure. Like, the fact that he, like, I know he obviously hasn't had the opportunity to talk to women since he, like, turned. But I just think that's pretty telling on, like, his view on women in general. Until later on. Like, until he got to see Mist and until he got to see Katarin and, like, I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't exposed to women enough in his 300 years of being a vampire, but. I'm not saying that, like, using and discarding people is fine. It's not. It's not. But I do understand his fear behind it. Like, what motivates him. It's kind of like the same as as Sebastian, who hadn't really talked to a woman ever because he he knew how people were scared of him and that, you know, affected him. So it's not different. It's just Murdoch was actually using people which is bad but you know i just want i just wanted to say that there was a reason for it and it's not just yeah, a plain yeah. old womanizer yeah you know no i agree um that was his reason and he did hate that the only the only thing people could remember him as when he was a human was that he was a womanizer that he slept around a lot now that you girls mentioned that um i feel like um nikolai and miss relationship kind of affected him too because of the way he saw his brother suffer all those was it True. years probably yeah for five years yeah. he saw this he saw this man pine over this woman who didn't care about him yeah so probably yeah you're right like it's not it's not said in the book but you would think that yeah he his view on miss though was really different in the beginning than it was in the end he didn't like miss at all because of like the five years um she put nikolai through um, so, yeah, no, I agree. I think that does play a factor in how he regarded his mate and how he regarded his bride and everything that went with it. And for her, um, I mean, I think the monster that you said was hers was really good. Um, if anything, I think maybe too, like her thinking she's not enough, which I think is why the pairing, like the the thing that's interesting about this pairing is that He's someone who obviously needs intimacy in that way and she can't give it and she part of her monster is the fact that she's scared of never being enough for someone because of that because she can't give them that. So mm, yeah. That's what makes them interesting because it's opposites, you know, but it's 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 I thought it was, in, to answer your question, five million years later, I think it's interesting how they found the middle of, like, the blood. And I thought that was a, a oh, yeah. clever... Oh, yeah. We never answered that question. A clever uh, thing. What did you guys think of that? It felt kind of convenient, in a way. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean... It was an easy cop-out, for but sure. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to get to it, finally. I don't care because they're faded mates. So you would think that if they're mates, it's because nature knows how it's going to make it work. Because or else yeah. they wouldn't be mates. So that is to true. me, that's just how it felt. I was like, oh, okay, well, makes sense because or else they wouldn't be mates. So true. And if uh, Jadian or Jadion or whatever the heck his name is and that fiery demoness person, are, if they're mates, then they would find a way to make it work too. Exactly. <laughs> On that note, should we uh, rate our people or do we have any other things you wanted to say? You know the part where I really, really disliked Murdoch? When? Was when he, when he comes back and he catches her kissing Jadian. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I wrote down, he's like, just when he realized he loved her, she would betray him. And I'm just like, you son of a bitch. And I'm, you, know, you know what? You lose. You What is that saying? You snooze, you lose? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. like that part really, really bothered me. Just the fact that it's very selfish. 
like part of Curiosity. it was also mm, yes but also pettiness I think there was a little bit of pettiness towards like what yeah. he had done oh yeah I think she mentions it like oh he he was he had other women's like women's scent on him so like I might as well like I think there was a little bit of that too which is understandable like we're not above pettiness but like no 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 for sure and I think we also need to take in like everything like take in everything to into account like at that point they had a really bad fight like she found yeah. out that he's not willing to give up 50 years of his life for her. And, like, you know, they he left. He literally left as, she, obviously, she stormed out. And, like, she thought they were doomed. But, obviously, like, you know, she still wanted Murdoch. But at the end of the day, she was angry, yes. But number two, she was curious. Imagine living, I don't know, how many thousands of years without feeling any sort of positive touch. And, like, she finds a man that can finally touch her. And, like, yeah, it's her curiosity. And sure, you could say it's petty, but I also think she mentioned that, like, it was a reasoning as to why this could be okay. Like, that's how I took it. Like, she said he kissed three women. Like, it's okay if I try and see if, like, you know, if, you know, if I kiss him, what's going to happen, right? I think it was more of, like, a reasoning as to why it was okay in her head to do it. But, I mean, and then after that, when, like, Murdoch finally comes back, like, he was vicious. I mean, it makes for a fun, jealous, possessive moment, which <laughs> I'm not gonna say no to, guys, okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> just I know, I love seeing the jealous male trope. Like, I know yeah. it's not a healthy thing to love to watch, but what I'm telling you, Turkish dramas do it, like, so good, I mean it. Like, you it's guys just... need to try one out. Like, I, 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 like, part of me when there's, like, a jealous guy, I'm like, oh, I shouldn't like this. But inside, yes. I'm squealing. Like, I just can't yes. help it. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I love it. I know I shouldn't love it. I hate that I'm broadcasting or... that I love the jealous male trope, the protective, obsessive trope. But I do. Yeah. And then, like, it, it goes both ways, right? Like, when there's, like, the jealous guy, I'm like, oh, yes. But also, like, when you know that the girl's about to do something that will piss him off because yes. she wants to piss him off, I'm like, yes, girl, do it. Girl, do <laughs> so it. So exciting. <laughs> like, I go, go really kiss like, that um, random dude in the club. Please do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But also, I also like the jealous female as well. Like, oh, yeah. I just feel like when Sabine got jealous, when Holly got jealous, loved it i love like her get back was like you know to sit on a demon's lap and i just love the i just love it i just the jealous trope is so good no matter the gender like, i, I just think love it's such a good trope. i love when the the girl goes that's my man in front of another woman and you just have yeah. the guy the guy like yeah that's my woman <laughs> she's so turned on by it I'm like yes this is yeah. what i want <laughs> are we ready to rank these bastards sure so we're doing bottom up right so least... oh okay yeah so least to to most who wants to start seth seth start you never start okay fine females uh yeah sure so my at number eight is naomi seven emma six is danny five is holly four mist Three is Katerin, number two is Sabine, and number one is Mary Ketta. Okay. That's interesting. I like that rating. I feel like I forget the, like, our orders every week. It's, <laughs> it's like a surprise again. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, what about you, S? Uh, okay, so for me, it would be... So, okay, so eight would be Naomi, seven would be Daniela, six would be um, Sabine... Five would be Emma. Four, that was five, right? Four would be Katerin. And then three would be Mist. And then two would be Holly. And then one would be Mariketta. Just give me a second. I'm adding numbers because apparently there's numbers now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. You don't need to say the numbers. I don't know why I said it. I just want well, to I feel left out now. I feel like I have to copy everyone else. So Okay, fine. <laughs> be a follower, not a leader. <laughs> okay well mine is just seven because i have a tie so mm. seven is naomi six it six is emma five is daniela so up till here i think seth and i are the same 
Then I have yes. uh, Mary Ketta in four. Three is a tie between Holly and Katerin. Then Mist and Sabine as my number one. <laughs> of course. Sabine is a great character. That's why she's my number two. I really, she shocked me a lot. Yeah, because you hated her. <laughs> I hated her. I was, aside from the past, again, man, such a bitch. All right, time for our males. <clears throat> in last spot, in eighth spot, we have Lachlan. Seven is Murdoch. Six is Sebastian. Fifth is Nikolai. Fourth spot is Cade. Third spot, Rydstrom. Second is Bowen. And top spot is Conrad. Surprise, Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, S, let's hear yours. So eight for me would be. Murdoch, seven would be Sebastian, six would be Conrad, five would be Rydstrom, four would be Nikolai, three Lacklane, two Kadeon, and then one Bowen. This order kills <laughs> my soul. <laughs> I like what I like, Marge. It hurts it. me every time you say it. It's like a knife into my heart. My favorite man or in the middle. <laughs> it's not that bad. Nikolai's number four. I'm sorry. Nikolai is a great character. He is. He's in the top five. But at the end of the day, Cade, Rydstrom, Bowen, and Conrad, in my in my eyes, are a tad bit more my type at than At the end Nikolai. of the day, I'm just sandwiched between Nikolai and Rydstrom and really happy. And y'all can do whatever you want, but... <laughs> I ain't moving from this spot. All right, give me the my crazy order vampire. Is. I want Conrad. Go ahead. <laughs> Seven is Lacklane. Six is wait. Murdoch. What was eight? There's no. There's no eight because I. Oh, have you tie. have a tie again. Yeah. Okay. Um. Seven is Lacklane. Six is Murdoch. Five is Sebastian. Four is Conrad and Bowen as a tie. Then three is Cage. Two Nikolai. One Rydstrom. Really? I mean, wait. It was like did, that last week. Was it? Was it? I was like, oh, oh yes, yes, yes. I remember. We all need to take a moment. But to be honest, I go back and forth. Okay. <laughs> I'm hesitating. Okay. Maybe one day they'll just like randomly jump at the first spot together. <laughs> I don't know. So, okay. That's my order. All right. I'm curious to see what our order will be after Garrett's book because I feel like after Garrett's book, like all those books become my favorites. Like, mm. I love. After Conrad and no, after Conrad, whoa! Um, after Garrett, like all those books, yeah, I like. There's not one in there that I don't like. But keep in mind, I haven't read the MM book yet, so I don't. That's gonna be a first for me. I'm excited. I have a question for you, girls, before we end. Okay, so I'm gonna ask for you both. Um, uh, let's say that you girls been kidnapped, and you can call one fictional character um, from this world. From this world, but main characters, not side characters. Who would you guys oh, call to come help you? Oh, because we're all going to say <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, main characters. To save would... us. To save. Like, who would you call? Like, like I'm going to call them. They're going to come get me. They're going to save me. Okay, and you have to explain your your why you you picked that person and not just they're hot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fine. I think my first instinct, since I can't pick like a side character my first instinct is to say Katerin because she's very competent she will get shit done she's scary as fuck so she will scare them away my kidnappers and I feel like she's very goal driven and so like because I I could say like someone like Sabine but I'm like Sabine is a selfish person she's not coming for me (laughs) and like I could say Nikolai but I'm like is he really the best person for this he's he's too busy taking care of his entire family like he's too I feel like Katerin is just the perfect person for that and didn't Nikolai get captured when he was trying to protect yeah, his brother? Yeah, that was like, my thought too. Like they all, yeah. the, all the guys got captured that at some point and couldn't make their way yeah. out. So I'm like, yeah. they're not, they're not gonna help me. And then I was thinking like Mist and Katerin were going after them to, mm-hmm. you know, save them. But I'm like Mist, I don't think so. I don't know why, but I don't think she would manage to save me. So I'm thinking Katerin. I think Katerin would do just fine. 
Okay, for me, I would love to say Conrad, but oh. I know I can't because mm. this man is kind of missing a few he's screws He's a up trigger. There. Like, he's, he's... Exactly. Yeah, no, I don't think that's a good idea. So, and then I was thinking, what's the next best vampire? And then that was Nikolai. The reason I'm saying a vampire, because um, it's easy to, you know, trace that person in and out. So, like, mm. as soon as he touches me, we trace, we're True. out, we're, I'm safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, as you said, Nikolai has other priorities. I'd be really low on his list. But they can't so trace where they haven't been. But once they get me, once they get in to save me, we can trace out. True. But I decided not to go with Nikolai or Conrad or any of the vampires because they have different priorities. Um, I'd go with Mariketta. Reason being is she travels through mirrors, and it would be easy to get me out of wherever I'm in, unless there's no mirrors and that's an issue. But she's a witch, so she has. <laughs> other what kind you know, of prison other... has <laughs> you never know it could just be like a metal you're surface. in a dungeon girl <laughs> there could be like something Concrete. metal it could be like you know Brick. like a little knob on the something sure i don't know anyways huh. that could be it but i also think she's gonna be like very expensive she's like a million dollars like oh yeah i don't know how much it is yeah. like, there's that over yeah. millions yeah. to get her yeah. services yeah so I literally think I'm just gonna rot in this dungeon because I can't. Like, <laughs> plus she might no she one. might mess up the the spell. So like you yeah, might be turned into something too. you wouldn't want to be. So. True. Yeah, that is true. But and then I could also maybe go with Emma, in the Why? sense where <laughs> listen, 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 Marge. I want to hear this. She is a vampire. She can trace me out, but she's also like developing her badass skills slowly but surely. Mm. Um, so maybe she can trace me out of there once she gets in. And then we could be, you know, somewhat friends. And this oh sense my God. where... What? I changed my answer. Okay. You keep going. I'll change my answer after. Okay. Okay. I'm just... I, do you love how I'm just beating around the bush because I can't <laughs> figure out who I want to save me? Anyway, <laughs> end of discussion. Okay. I would I would pick Holly to come get me. Really? Holly. Yeah. Because I remember her being a real badass. She, you know, she saved herself. She, she saved herself. All those, true. True. Yeah, she killed all those That's creatures. And then she can scream, right? Scream and I like, kill everybody with her scream. Didn't she do that? And she can probably find out where you are really quickly. Exactly. So Holly okay. for me. Go. I think I'm a genius because okay, I would go with Naomi. She can just walk through the fucking walls. And then steal the keys, open the fucking door, let me out. I can kick my way out, be a badass bitch, and then we're in business. <laughs> like, Naomi True. can walk okay, through the walls. You won. <laughs> you won. Yeah, I didn't think of that. But yeah, that's smart. Pat <laughs> on the back. I did good. <laughs> that, that was a good answer. And then, and then there was me trying to, like, figure out either one of them. <laughs> But I love how to escape through a doorknob. Yeah. (laughs) It's Seth. You never know, okay? I love I love that we all picked uh females to come get us. Heck yeah! They're the badass in in this series. Yeah. Because then I feel like the males would just be pining over their women. Oh yeah. They're all distracted, having boners, just wanting sex like 24-7. Like They're not it. But anyways, I don't know what my answer would have been, is what I'm saying. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun question, though. Yeah, I like those questions. Okay, and then maybe one day we'll come up with uh, our names. Our Valkyrie names. Maybe maybe by the end of this series of, like, Cressley Cole books, we'll be like, okay, here's our name <laughs> for the grand finale. <laughs> <laughs> we should. We should wait for, for when we're done with the books. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That would be cool. I mean, like, hopefully we will never be done. Once we've caught up. Let's do that. Once we've caught up. All right. So this is it for this week's episode of Romancing the Monsters on Untouchable by Cressley Cole. Next week, we don't know yet what we're reading, but make sure to check (laughs) our social media to find out. You can find us on Twitter at the RTM pod or on Instagram at Romancing the Monsters podcast. You can also email us at podcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Lovers. And you can find me, S, on Twitter and on Instagram at ButThisBook. And you can find me, Seth, on both Instagram and Twitter at ProsWithWoes. You can also give us a little like, a little comment that helps. 
We love, we'd love to know what you think of the podcast so far. Yes. Um, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.